This is the Insurance Buzz, where we discuss selling insurance in today's time, generating time and financial freedom in your agency, and what's trending in our industry. I'm your host, Michael Weaver, and in this episode, we have special guest Chris Mathurin. We talk about everything from his journey to the United States what he learned in the car industry that has helped him be a successful agency owner, and much, much more. With that being said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Insurance Buzz. This is your host, Michael Weaver, and we have a special guest today, Mr. Chris. How are you today, my man? Oh, doing good, man. Doing really good. Doing really good. A little bit chilly outside, but apart from that, Got the old coffee for the old insurance buzz, so no complaints. That's right. We're getting buzzed today while drinking some coffee. Well, my man, I appreciate your time today. And you know, you're in the Midwest, so you know how it is. Some days are 15 degrees, some days are 70. You never know what we're going to get, right? Oh, 100%, man. Uh, especially Oklahoma, as the movie goes. <laughs> you may even get the old tornado, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, let's let's dive right into this. So, obviously, you're an extremely successful agency owner. I know you got a lot of things going on in your life that you're extremely successful at as well, but you have a really cool backstory. And so I would love, uh, love to know just a little bit about who were you before, before agency? Who, who's Chris? Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate, appreciate you having me on, of course. And, uh, you know, before I dig into that, I just want to just give you the, uh, the golden medal for the best follow-up award in the seven seas, as one may say. So I know that you transition into consulting, selling and all that stuff. You definitely know your stuff, man, because I really appreciate your patience and, and your great follow So thanks for having me on here, man. I appreciate that, you know? So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm, fr- I'm from England, from uh, Essex, England. Cut a long story short, pretty much jumped on a plane when I was uh, 15, 16 years old to, uh, to come to the, the number one country in the world the great USA, to pursue a career in playing basketball. Uh, before I jumped on that plane, my mom told me, she said, Chris, listen, look, you're not going over there to party. You're not going over there to have a great time or any that stuff. You're going over there for an education. So I never even had a school set up when I came out here. So my brother was out here playing college basketball um, at Old Rubbish University here in Oklahoma. So I jumped on the plane, came over, and I had two weeks to find a school. And uh, God pretty much blessed me on the very last day, found a school. And uh, they said, you know, here's your scholarship for private school, 16, 17 years old. And I said, yeah, no problem. Let me go say goodbye to my mom and my little baby brother, Paul, and my dad. And they said, look, school's already started. You start today. I was like, well, you guys have to call my mom and let her know that I'm not coming back. You know, so that was a tough conversation, obviously. But that was pretty much how I started my journey uh, here in the USA. So, so yeah, it's, at six, 16 years old, 17 years old, you left your family came over and got started. Yeah, that was that was the price to pay, as one may say. You know, just playing basketball, the, the only way to get to the next level was to come to the USA. So I came out here, two suitcases to my name, and uh, went to school out here. And uh, that's that's where it started. Yep. That's, um, man, congrats. That's, uh, number one, that's an amazing story. But two, I don't know if a lot of people would make that journey. So that's um that that's a really really cool journey and says a lot about you and and your character right at the get go of being a really young teenager. So, all right, you arrive in the U.S., you go to school, your basketball star. What 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 then leads you into? Because you were successful before, okay, before insurance agency, right? You, if I remember right, in a prior conversation, you were 
a finance manager. Is that right? Yeah. So what happened is I came out here for high school and um, that, that was a great adjustment. Great school here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now I took the first full ride athletic scholarship uh, to a school called Bacon in Muskogee. So I went there and uh, cut long story short, I always struggled with my education and with grades and all that stuff. But it was different now. You know, I had no choice. It was either graduate with a degree or get deported back to England. That was the only two options. So I really knuckled down, got through, scraped through, got my business degree. And then um, I was ready to go. I felt real confident. I had my degree, had that piece of paper. But it was pretty much dang near impossible to get a job. Nobody would hire me because I was still in transition of visa status. So I had all these great jobs lined up, but nobody pulled a trigger on me. So what I did was, it's a crazy story, mate, is I, I was unemployed, uh, food stamps. My wife was supporting us on her $24,000 a year. I went to a job fair and I was like, I've got to find me a job, got to find me a job. So there's about 500 places there that were, were, were trying to get someone to come work from. Job fair, of course. So the one place out of the 500 places, the one place I didn't want to talk to was the one that said car sales. So car sales, I mean, who wants to be a car sales guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I spoke to 499 different businesses there. And as I went to leave, hit the back door, I looked over to the car sales guy, and this guy had a big smile on his face. I said, I've got to go over there and just, just speak to this guy just out of common decency. So I spoke to him. I didn't know the car sales guys were just the best closers in the game. So about 10 seconds later, I was closed on a job to go and sell cars. So um, I said, well, what about my visa, mate? You know, and they said, Look, don't worry about it. We don't worry about the visa. Just come, and we'll teach you how to make some money. So, <laughs> so during the, the first couple of weeks I was working there, my visa went through. It was great. And uh, just started hitting the pavement, man. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. But I figured out really quickly that there was two things to really kind of catapult me to the next level. Number one was to be myself. And then number two was to, you know, shoot people straight. You know what I mean? I knew if I did those two things that um, I'd do good. And after three months, three months, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe it's because I was an Englishman. I actually had straight teeth. They, uh, they promoted <laughs> me. They promoted me in the finance. I'm like, these guys are crazy, mate, you know? So they promoted me to finance after three months, and uh, I was scared. I had a tail between my legs. I said, I bit off way more than what I could chew. And about six, seven months later, mate, it was, uh, was life-changing for me. I weren't, weren't on food stamps anymore. So I had a great career for the next five years in F&I. Yeah, it was a big blessing. So what did you <clears> – so first of all, again, you can obviously tell that you are – when you do something, it sounds like you're super determined, and you're going to be – you're going to give it your all and be successful no matter what. So what did you – what do you think you learned being in Carn Sales, being the finance manager that then has helped you now become a really successful agency owner? Besides obviously being genuine, besides being your true self, um, always doing the right thing for the customer. Yeah, I think um, I think to be honest with you, mate, it's, um, you know, you've got to prioritize what's important to you. You know, I think uh, I think we're brainwashed early on in sales that money is the most important thing, and, and, and we gotta we gotta do it all for the dollar. And the reality, that's not the most important thing. I mean, you know, if you don't have a good relationship with your kids, you're not there for your kids. You know, and you know things aren't going right at home just because you're chasing the dollar. Then what's the point of doing all this if you're not happy? You know, what's the point of making money if you can't spend it? So you've got to have some type of balance in life. And I think just from a maturity standpoint. Coming from competitive sports, teaching you how to always be a good team player and always win, and then just really prioritizing what's important, which for me was was obviously my lovely wife and and my amazing kids. Once I found out what was important to me, I was really able to go home and kind of hit my goals, stay focused and uh, and steady. You know what I mean? And that's what really kind of pushed me to the next level. 
Okay. I, <clears throat> I love that you bring that up because that was actually, that was something I struggled really on in my career with was that prioritizing time. Um, I was putting my career and money over necessarily my and my wife, but it's, uh, you're right. I mean, without a good relationship at home, what's, what's the point? So I, I love that you bring that up. So what made you, cause you were super successful, um, as, as a finance manager, you were making great money. What made you make the transition over to, to agency ownership? What was intriguing about it? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's, that's really good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at some point I think you, you gotta, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and, and ask yourself, am I happy? You know? And uh, and I was happy. I had a lot of mon- money under my pillow, and I slept really good at night. You know, but um, people would ask me, Chris, you know, how do you sleep at night? Because, man, I, I you know, we've got a bad rap in the car dealership. That's just a reality. You know, and we made a lot of money and everything like that. You know, we made a lot of profit, a lot of money. And I always could, I could always answer that question honestly and say I sleep really good because I, I feel like I'm helping people. You know what I mean? You know, whatever coverages that we were selling at the time, I felt like we were always helping people put them in a better position. We we're doing things the right way. Uh, but one day, it was it was the day before I, I resigned. I was driving home, and that day I, I didn't really feel like I was truly helping people anymore. I was doing my job, you know, and I was doing everything I was meant to do, doing everything the right way and everything. But I just had a feeling uh, deep down in my heart that I, that I wasn't truly being a person of value in what I was doing. And that was the first time in five years of my career and um, and the next day I, I had resigned. Now, now of course, I had some fishing poles out there in the water, and I and I was already talking with uh, State Farm, and um, uh, State Farm was the best insurance company out there. They had the best reputation. Uh, the relationships I built throughout that process, I was like, well, these are the type of people I want to surround myself with. That was all no brainer. However, I still hadn't made that decision to jump over yet. I was still kind of happy where I was. So when I had that feeling, first thing in the morning, I had a conversation with the recruiter. And essentially, I had an interview set up straight away. The timing just kind of stars in line, God's timing. You know what I mean? Everything worked out perfect. Went in, interviewed, got the opportunity, and essentially uh, resigned the next day. I mean, it was bing, bang, boozy, as one may say, you know? But I think deep down, you've got, you got, you got to have some sense of value, that you're, you're being a person of value and you're providing value. And that was easy for me to then transition out of where I was to the next chapter in my life, which is, which is State Farm. Absolutely. So was that a, was that leap? Was leaving that multiple six figure job? Was that scary at all for you? Well, to be honest, it's funny you say that, mate. Uh, before I resigned, I pulled out my pay stub and uh, I think we were in the first quarter of the year and I just kind of times it by 12. Like, Chris, this is what you're walking away from. And I asked myself, I said, Chris, I said, Sel, are you okay with walking away from this? And it was 150%. It was the easiest decision I ever made. Because I had that peace in my heart, I prayed about it, and uh, I knew this was the next chapter for me. So, so yeah, it was it was very it was very easy for me to walk away. However, I, I was full of gratitude and appreciation for everything that that past season had taught me to take me on to my next chapter. Okay, I love that. So, the one thing in following you that I've that I've noticed is it seems like you're super heavily involved in your community. How has that helped? your how has that helped your agency career do you think like is there certain things you do within the community that has helped more than others let's talk a little bit about that yeah um yeah it's, it's definitely helped being out there i mean i think the best, number one thing that we can do is build genuine relationships you know 
Uh, you can't build genuine relationships sitting at home watching Netflix and chilling. You know what I mean? You got to you, you got to you got to get out there and and rub shoulders and everything. So, you know, good, a good a good mentor of mine, Bill Cobb, uh, State Farm agent out prior Oklahoma. You know, he said something real simple to me, and he said, "You can't fake showing up." You know, you can't fake showing up, and uh, it's so simple yet so so impactful. How many times has someone said, "Hey, if you need anything, just let me know, and I'll be there." But 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 were they really there? You know, did they really show up? You know what I mean? And uh, that's just part of it. You can't fake showing up. So, yeah, we enjoy going out in the community, doing all the community events we do, if it's an office, if it's individual. And, look, I'll give you the cheat code. You know, if you've got things that you're passionate about, do those things. You know, if you've got – if your spouse is passionate about doing something, then then, then do something like that. Two birds of one stone. Take your spouse. You know, I've got, I've got four beautiful kids, so we're heavily involved in basketball. You know, my wife just launched – the biggest nonprofit basketball um, organization, female-led in the state of Oklahoma during COVID. She started with two teams. Now she has 35 teams, 350 kids. And uh, we have over 70 kids that are scholarship through that program, meaning they don't have the – I say we. It's actually all of her. I shouldn't take any credit whatsoever. <laughs> this is her program, and she's drove it. But there's 70 kids that are underprivileged. Um, some of these kids don't have any parents, you know, and they get to come in here, get their shoes, get their jersey, get all their fees paid for. And uh, it's just, it's very rewarding. And you get to help those kids progress their next chapter of life and, and have a good um, impact. And so it's, um, I kind of said you before the show, uh, if you're having fun, it's not work, you know? So just enjoy having fun out there, mate. So you bring up, number one, congrats on that. I mean, that, that sounds amazing. So do you and your wife, do you guys, do you guys work together? Uh, so we, uh, I, I would, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think marriage, Marriage overall is a partnership and a working relationship, hundred percent. You know, so uh, so so we do that. Now, does she work in my office? Work with me? No, heck no, heck okay. no. Look, we, look, we 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 tried that one year, and uh, it, it was actually a great success. It was one of the best years I've actually had. She's a lot more smarter than me. You know, <laughs> I told her at the beginning. I said, look, first of all, what to do because we're probably going to get in an argument, and you're going to win as always. And I'm gonna lose the respect of my pit now. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> that that year, she that year she did work here with the best year uh, ever because she actually had the banking industry. So, but after one year on a 12 month anniversary, she came in and she said, "Look, I quit." And I said, "Why not?" She said, "I'm gonna do something else." I said, "Oh my gosh!" And that was that was one of the toughest days of my life, you know. But we're still married and still, you know. So that's uh, still had as a beautiful wife. So this whole nonprofit thing, this is all her deal. She does that deal, and I step in and I coach and I help and I pour into these kids. Uh, and everything like that. So, do we actually work together? No, but it's a, it's always a partnership. You know what I mean? It's not fifty fifty. It's a hundred one hundred when it comes to me and my wife. So, so it's yeah, a, it's no a good partnership. Absolutely, I love that. And I had to ask because uh, obviously, me and Courtney, my wife, we work together in like every business we do. And so, I always like to ask yeah. the, the like because there's there's struggles that come along the way. So no, that's uh, yeah. I, I love that. And you guys, and you can tell that you're, you're very passionate. So let's hit on, let's, let's talk about that real fast. Cause you, you've said that numerous times now, passion, doing the right thing, making sure you're having fun in your business. How do you prioritize on a daily, weekly basis, the things that you enjoy in the business that keep you going because i think that that is the hardest part maybe around any business ownership but especially insurance because so many curveballs customers employees like yeah how, how are you prioritizing do you have a do you have a way that you prioritize your days weeks months to making sure that you are focused on having fun in your business 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've got a pretty good routine as far as that goes. Um, you know, as far as the success of the business, you know, playing sports, I've realized real quick, it doesn't matter how great you think you are. You know, when I was in the in the car business and I was a finance guy, all I had to do was worry about myself. Well, now we transition over to, you know, running and owning a small business. You could be 150%. But you know what? If you've got seven or eight employees performing at 50%, we'll do the math. It's significantly more than your 150 you know, so it all comes down to, you know, the team and the accountability of the team and everything like that. And we've got some great leadership in our office. So my main focus beginning of the day is my team, period. You know, we've got someone that handles the service side, someone handles the, the sell side and everything like that. And we meet, we meet on a daily basis and we make sure we get the week, so we get the day, get the week started off to, to a great note as far as that goes. And if we can all be on the same page, on the same vision, same culture and everything that needs to get done, all the way things breaking down to what we need to do daily and hourly, then absolutely, that's very important. You know how important it is uh, for the details and everything like that. So, so yeah, that's the first part of the day is make sure teams on the first page, rock and roll, social roll, and then going from there. And then as far as my afternoons, what I do once that's all good to go, I'm out in the community pretty much daily, okay? Um, and again, look, I'll be very transparent with you. You know, I'm doing the things I want to do. I think, I'm, I think I have about seven or eight gym memberships. So I think I have the record in State Farm who who gets the most business from the gym, as one may say. So I got about seven or eight gym memberships, no exaggeration. Okay. And um and, and I go out and build relationships, man. You know, if it's giving someone a spot in the old clang and bang uh, method, you know, I'm helping someone with a pull up, as one may say, or giving someone a spot of water, you know, I'm your guy, you know. So I'm always out with people rocking and rolling, and I'm driving opportunity back uh, to the business. And then obviously. There's a lot of other methods outside of the gym from our marketing standpoint and everything like that. So team comes first, have a good routine. And then once that's taken care of, go into the marketplace and drive opportunity back to the agency. Okay. So I, I can dig this. So number one, you're saying you got to communicate with the team every single day. All right. That, that's critical. Number two, I mean, I can tell you're a fit guy. Like you're looking good, but I didn't know seven gym members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is- yeah. Seven gym members. Yeah. It's quite All a right. few, man. It's quite a few. And, and then some schmedium, schmedium outfits, man. It's a little <laughs> bit tight. Get some schmedium European outfits, man. It makes you look a little bit better than what you actually are, you know? <laughs> no, I love that. All right. So seven, so seven, let's, let's just tackle this real fast. So seven gym yeah. memberships. So obviously, are you going to a different gym every single day, shaking hands, kissing babies? Like what was your, so do you love the gym? Do you love working out? Are you going there because they have basketball courts and you're socializing yeah, that way? Talk yeah, a little bit not- about that. They're not, they're not all the iron paradise. It's not all your regular gym. And so uh, I'm a member of a jiu-jitsu gym. Um, jiu-jitsu is a, is a, is, is a great um, uh, pastime of mine that I get to do with my three boys. I've got three boys. My oldest is my daughter. And so we do that on a regular basis. And that gives me something to do with them and legally be able to choke about and not get in trouble. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> all right. So we've got the jiu-jitsu gym. And then we've got a couple of basketball uh, places that we're, we're members of to uh, get the kids work out in the community and everything like that. Then we've got our gym uh, that we have through the program and then a couple of the gyms uh, on the side. So, so, yeah, just like anything, just building general relationships. And, and the crazy thing is I'm not that guy. I'm not wearing, hey, can I quote your insurance T-shirt and everything? You know, it's, it's literally just going in there in my routine. Um, and going from there. And typically, I'll work out at the gym before work or on my lunch break. It seems to be a lot more better option than McDonald's, as one may say, you know? That's right. Okay. I love that. So for for all the insurance professionals listening to this, what would be one tip, 
advice, golden nugget that you would say that you would give someone from a mentor to something you've you've learned along the way that you think, hey, you take this, th- this can help you in your career? Yeah, I think it's being able to articulate and communicate uh, to your prospect. What are you there to do for them? You know, for the most part, most people are there, obviously, to sell them an insurance policy or which 80, 90 percent of people in our industry is, you know, get them a better price. Right. Well, the reality is if they come to you on a better price and they're probably going to leave you on a better price. And so it's very important for me to articulate to people that I'm speaking with is, look, we're here to help you manage, you know, against risks. And essentially what that looks like is prevent future surprises. And so having a needs-based conversation, sitting down, going over the options. So one day you don't call me and say, you know what, Chris, why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me about that? Why am I in this position? If I could have paid an extra dollar a day, an extra $30 a month to make sure that my liability limits were they were, why didn't someone bring that up to me? And so if I've got one tip to articulate and communicate to people is make sure that you're having that conversation in truly what you do, what you're there, what you're there to do to people, to serve people, is what I may say, and kind of what that looks like. You know? and, that, and I feel like that's going to separate you from the whole rest of the industry. And if it's genuine and you mean it, people are going to appreciate that. And now, you know, you can go over every single option you, you essentially have and they can tell if they're interested, if they're not interested, but at least they had uh, the option. So that's worked really good for us. And that's something that one of my mentors uh, passed down to me. So I'm, I'm sharing with you guys. So, mm. Hey man, I love that. You are, uh, you're, you're speaking my language now, Chris, you're hundred yeah. percent right. Like if they join you on price. They're probably going to leave you on price. And quite frankly, at the end of the day as an insurance professional, risk advisor. I, I always took it to heart that like, Hey, my number one job is just to make sure you're adequately protected. It's not to yeah. make sure you're saving money. It's to make sure on your worst day that you're taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that brother. Well, <clears throat> my man, you, you're, you're full of, you're full of fire. I love it. Full of golden nuggets. We are getting buzzed on the insurance buzz today. So I appreciate your time. I right. uh, pre- appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's been one of the best coffees I've had. I'm glad I got to share with you, as one may say. And uh, yeah, rock and roll, sausage roll, mate. Best of luck to you. Hey, thank you so much. For all those that are listening, please know that I appreciate every single one of you. And as always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have. Now go out and make it a great day. Talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.